Backchat Studios is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. Head to backchatpodcast.com.au to sign up as a patron and access all of our merch. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the Backchat Basketball Show. To the right of me, of course, Greg Kaya. He's uh, stepped out in us today, hasn't he? (laughs) That's right. Greg Kaya can't be here, but Ben Malice is coming in clutch. Ben, good to have you here. Good to see you. It is. Greg's out there saving the world, doing good with the world, and we're just in the basement talking basketball. I know. That's right. Some people have to do it, and that's just what happens. Um, You can contact us, backchat underscore basketball on Instagram, or, of course, hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. That is our email for just our general backchat show, but that's fine. You can use that. We still have access to that. Um, lots to talk about. So much basketball. The best thing about the NBA, um, particularly, is that the just games just don't stop. Once the train starts going, mate, there's just games every day, and it's almost a letdown when your team's not playing. It is, isn't it? And we're recording this about half an hour after Sacramento just beat the living snot out of the Brooklyn Nets. And I've just got the box score up here. Yeah, go on. King Delavadova got eight minutes today. Alex Len got five minutes. Rashad Holmes got six minutes. And right. that is the indictment of what happened to Brooklyn this morning because they got beat down and bum-rushed. And we did see Ben Simmons get to double figures for the first time in about a year and a half. So 500 days. Let's pop some champagne for Ben, baby steps. <laughs> But the Brooklyn mess seems to be continuing, doesn't it? Yeah, 32-point loss to the Kings. The first time, I think, since 2018 that I read before that the Kings had played on TNT. So, like, the first time in a long time they're getting, you know, cable cable area games. Um, and they score 153, which is huge. It's Like, whenever I see those scores, I'm like, that's maybe that's a mistake. But well, wasn't. I think the Kings have been a bit of a mistake franchise for the past 20 yeah. years, haven't they? I they get have. the exact stat, but they haven't been over 500 at the All-Star break in over a decade. So oh my goodness. they're over 500 this morning. Maybe we shouldn't uh, tease King Delhi too much. Maybe he's actually helping them in the background. But maybe it might be the year where they finally win 42 games and maybe the few Sacramento Kings fans out there rejoice. Whenever my teams in various sports aren't doing well, like if they've lost five in a row or like they don't make the finals or something, I've always just like, ugh, you know, worst team. But then you look at teams like the Kings... And you feel and better ima- about yourself, and you don't imagine you? just being a, a fan of the Sacramento Kings. I've only been to Sacramento once, and it was an accident. Didn't even mean <laughs> to go to Sacramento. Landed the plane too early. But to go for the Sacramento Kings, like it must be an absolute hard slog. Well, that's one time too many, isn't it? I've spent about thirty days all up in San Francisco, and every yep. time I've been in San Fran, I've always thought oh, I should get a car today and drive up to Sacramento. It's only what an hour up the road. What for? Yeah, I had free access to basketball games in 2019. Last <laughs> yeah. didn't go up the road. That's right. There's like um, even just AFL teams, um, uh, like teams that haven't been good for a long time. Carlton's just starting to get good, but imagine you know you've had so long of just your team sucking. So 
you know, as a as a fan of the Mavericks, and you know, we haven't we haven't really had that good of a run recently, apart from last year in the Western Finals. But after twenty eleven, it sucked for so long. But when you compare it to other teams, uh, the Mavs had hope at least. When did Nowitzki get drafted? It was about ninety eight. Uh, yeah, yeah, around then. Around yeah. then. So what's that? Almost twenty five years of either Dirk mm. or Luca. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, that's true. And it's going all right. Kings fans, you have the remember the Maloof brothers. Maloof, they were aloof. <laughs> they were. They they were like. Two boys that like somehow ended up with a team and just... Oh, my favourite is their yeah. current owner, Vivek. I remember yep. one time, half a decade ago, he was suggesting to a coach at the time, whose name escapes me, but they should play four and five on defence. That's leave right. one of their players yeah. just lurking in the front court and just yep. looking for cheap buckets. That's what happens at Loftus on a Monday night at 9pm. <laughs> like, there's always the big boy that's like, mate, I'm not running back. And so you just he sits under the basket and you end up having some of the players on him. So, yep. Maybe I need to come back to basketball. My knees are shot, but if I come back, that yeah. I think has to be my destiny. Just uh, live in the Sit paint the on basket. offense and just yep. feed. Feed me, please, boys, and let's get some buckets. Uh, speaking of buckets, uh, let's talk about a few highlights over the last uh, week or so. So, Kawhi, uh, sorry, not Kawhi Leonard. That's the complete opposite of a highlight. Joel Embiid, uh, 59 points, was almost a, had a quadruple double. One of the biggest stat lines you'll ever see. Just that, insane. That was nasty, wasn't it? And yep. it's like a rite of tradition in Philadelphia. Every year, Embiid starts slow. He's uh, working off those Shirley Temples from the offseason yep. in October. And then he said to the media last week that everything before that counts for nothing. The real season starts now. And right. we've seen him tear it up over the past few days. And yep. You're right, I didn't watch that game during the week, but I had to go back and watch some highlights. Yeah. And a seven-footer putting up 59 points, seven blocks, almost a triple-double, and beating up on that poor Utah Jazz team. But the funniest thing is just that Philadelphia fan base, which I know and deep down I love a lot. Yep. So predictable what happens and Bede goes from being a scrub to being the GOAT and the MVP again. Yeah. And now they're back in love with him. So That's right. So it doesn't take much in Philly, does it, to get the fans back no, on your side? they're fickle. Uh, one funny part about that game was Tyrese Maxey at the end. Um, Embiid had 59 and he had the ball and, you know, you meant to just run the clock out because um, they were up by so much. And Maxey was pleading with Embiid to to score another bucket, to go for your, to go for 60. And um, a, a couple of people, you know, we were talking to me like, no, no, you can't, you can't do that. And Embiid was like, I'm not going to go for it. But Maxi was like, please, so please go I'm for it. I'm all for it. that. Do you remember at the start of the season, it was the rookie on the paces, Matherin. I'm going to butcher his last name. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he stole the ball at the end and just had to get those extra two points. Yeah. I figured, why not? If yeah. you're on 59 points, Embiid is probably never going to get there it. again. Go for it. It's like yep. back in the day when Clay Thompson was shooting all these threes and hot. Yeah. And he got pulled after three quarters with 61 points. Like, yeah, come on, Steve Kerr. What are you doing? You've got to keep him in there. <laughs> go for eighty. Go for a hundred. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Just do what we were saying before. Stand on offense and jack those threes. Do you remember? Um, I think, I think it was Javale McGee went for a triple double when he had, I think, one more rebound to get, and it was early days of Javale McGee, like when he was on the Wizards, and. Um, I think he may have deliberately missed a shot. I do remember this. I can't remember if it was Javel, but yeah, someone deliberately missing shots. On I know, I know yeah, someone rebounds. someone deliberately missed a shot to get a, a rebound. Um, I think it was off their own basket, and then Javel McGee, I think, just went for a ridiculous um, shot at the end to get the, the triple double. Because, uh, like you said, sometimes for these players, it's not going to happen that often. So you really need to go for it. So I've googled it now. It was Ricky Davis back yeah, Ricky on the Davis. Cavaliers that did it years and years ago, and I don't know a lot about Ricky Davis, but what I've heard. Is he was a, a good man to party with and a man that did things his own way. So it's not surprising. And yeah, damn, I'm looking at it now. He literally had a wide open layup 
<laughs> and he missed it so he could get the rebound. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I love that. That's great. Um, let's talk about Josh Green. Yes. Australian NBA product. Uh, well, he has had some sort of turnaround. As a Mavs fan, Josh Green has been, oh, man, just uh, – not a whipping boy because he doesn't do much. He didn't get on the court very much, but people just really disappointed. He doesn't do anything. He can't shoot. He can't dribble. The only thing he can do is hustle and and, and defend. He's having a, quite a turnaround, which is really awesome for Australian basketball and for, for the Mavericks as a role player. Um, what, have, what have you liked about his game so far? Yeah, well, I think we can give all the numbers about how he's improved this year. He's shooting the three ball very well yep. defensively. The Mavericks are so much better with him on the court. Mm. And he's really serving that niche, isn't he, in Dallas? That you know, being a Mavs fan around Luca, you want guys that can shoot the three on offense and defend on the perimeter on defense. And he's really coming into his own this season. And his usage is slowly going up, but his defense is the thing that really I enjoy watching because the three ball will come and go. And like we know with young players, it's often a matter of time and until he gets up to that 35, 36% mark from three consistently that's right but defense is something he can do and there was a cool clip from last week where he was trying to set a screen on Kevin Durant and then he was going back and forth with Durant and trying to defend KD and I think above all else that's just what you want isn't it for well you tell me you're a Mavericks fan yeah what are you seeing from him out there oh well just someone that can put shots in because Luca. Luca's going to have the ball 50% of the time. His usage rate is insane so to have players that you can trust to knock down a shot um, is crucial because what happens with Luca is when he can't trust that someone's going to actually knock down a shot, he has to do it all. Teams can just collapse on him and they just know if we shut down Luca and, and players have been coming out this last um, week, I think at first one was um, Kyle Kuzma who said, well, all we need to do is go to Luca. Like none yeah. of the other players can dribble, I think. Um, and then there was another player and that uh, that said, it wasn't Kuzma that said they couldn't dribble. There's another player that they that they lost to. He said, mate, Luca's the only one that can dribble. So Luca just ends up carrying the ball way too much, has to put up a lot of shots. And the Mavs are easily beaten when if he's having a slightly off night and he can't do the things he needs to do. So that's why Josh Green's so important because he gives them an option and players can't just double off of him. What's your take on that as a Mavs fan in terms of Luca? There are all these stats that I remember looking up last year that when players have the usage like Luca's got now, that they flame out as first-round exits and maybe win a playoff series, but they're not genuine contenders. So yeah. does it concern you that Luca is having to do so much to to get to a team, what are they, now, oh, eight and six? They're totally. not exactly setting the world on fire. Yeah, well, the thing is that um, last year we went to the Western Conference Finals and uh, you know came up against just a better team, the Golden State Warriors, obviously. But, yeah, I don't want – I'd hate for his career to turn out a bit like James Harden's in that – he could drop 50, he can do all this cool stuff, but when it comes to it, you can't actually win a championship with him. So they're forever going to be asking, who's that player that can come next to him? Who's that guy who's going to be the one who can take care of some of the ball handling, some playmaking? So that's a slight concern, but I don't know. He's that good. Um, Yeah, I'd love to just... I don't know, every team wants another shot shot maker and shot creator, but there's just... Mavs don't really have great assets... Um, they don't. Re- they've never really been a destination for free agents, so it's it's tough. I don't know how they do it. It is tough, and I think that's why Josh Green's development is so important because it's good for the Mavs in the moment. In the sense that I'm looking at some quotes from Jason Kidd here talking about how confident he is and yep. how he's trusting Josh Green, so he's helping them win games in the moment. 
And as well for the franchise, the reality is Luca's only got three years left on his contract after this year. Yep. And as we know, when there's two years left, that's mm. when the trade demands can start happening. And for a front office point of view in Dallas, having Josh Green perform, let's be real, it makes him a better trade asset. It makes yep. him more valuable. And so that if Kevin Durant or Superstar X complains and wants out in a few months, yeah. it might suck for Josh Green and he might be sent somewhere around the NBA. Yeah. But for the Mavericks as a franchise, it's really helpful that they're starting to develop Someone who is only 21 years old, he's proving himself as a 3 and D wing. Yep. And as well, Josh can get a new contract after the season, and if he keeps this up, he's going to be getting oh, he'll get 100 that, mil. He'll, he'll get paid. So that, that's the, the, the great thing for Josh Green is that even though he's just he's just showing enough where teams will be like, okay, he could actually be really valuable. Um, Tyrese Maxey was taking three picks after Josh Green. Um, and Desmond Bain, this one always mm. hurts me. Desmond Bain's pick 30. I mean, uh, you say? he's so good. And Josh Green was taken before him. So a lot of Mavs fans look at Desmond Bain, they look at Tyrese Maxey, things they could do. And then we're like, well, we got Josh Green. I mean, there's obviously other players that were taken that are, that are worse. But um, the Mavs uh, fan base have always just had issues with not having great draft picks. And Josh Green is slowly, slowly shipping away at becoming, you yeah, know. I think actual- as well, just the 21-year-old comment, I think that's the yeah. biggest thing to remember with Josh Green. You look at all these players around the NBA, there were players drafted this year. That are older than Josh Green. That's right. Already, so yep. it's been a bit hard. And of course, that was the COVID twenty twenty draft where mm. the teams couldn't scout the players, they couldn't get them in. They were doing Zoom calls. The world was upside down. Yeah. And imagine too for Josh trying to get into the NBA during those COVID seasons. It would have been a lot harder. Well, it was a yeah, lot harder than a regular right. season. So again, I'm looking through that list of names there. And if you want to feel better as a Mavs fan, look at some of the other names that oh, were yeah. taken after Josh Green. <laughs> yeah. or, before, or even before. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that, that's that's right. And the good thing about Green, last thing I'll say about it, he does just play so hard. So you know that you're going to get a guy who, when he's on the floor, he's going like, to – he'll probably make a few mistakes. He might not hit every shot, but he's going to, like, hustle and grind. Um, classic Australian basketball. Yes, we're filling all those cliche buckets for him, aren't <laughs> yeah. we? Yeah, that's right. What about um, uh, Tatum? He's been good, hasn't he? He's been very good. Yeah. Always just like the guy that I um you just think he's always he's just on the verge of becoming the best player in the NBA. See, I've always had a secret man crush on Tatum. Mm. I was lucky in twenty seventeen. I was in summer league the year he got drafted. Yep. And again, I was a bit of a basketball nerd. Well, still am. And you could just tell back then that his footwork, that his composure, that his just general intellect for the game was so high mm. as a teenager. And then we've seen him get all these playoff reps over the past few years. Yep. And again, admittedly in the finals in June, he didn't have his best end of that series and yeah. there was some speculation leaving the finals. But we've seen him come out this year and he just looks every bit like the top five player yep. a lot of people have been projecting him to be. And he's right up there in the MVP discussion. And the biggest thing for the Celtics as a team and him is just how effortly he scores the ball, right? They've got one of the best offences in the game. And it seems like now he can just wake up and score 30 points. Yeah. I keep seeing these video um, comparisons of him and Kobe and it's mm. uncanny. They're like footwork and the fadeaways and the shot fakes that he that he does. Um, it's just you could, you could almost just you, – you just swap the faces and it's the exact same. And again, right, I just checked. He's 24 years old. Yeah, he's, and you think he's about super young. What he's done so far. He's been to the yep. NBA finals, the conference finals twice. He's made multiple all-star games. Yep. And we shouldn't joke about it, but what happened in Boston with the head coach two months ago, like yeah. he had to navigate that and lead the team and they're sitting atop the Eastern Conference. 
And I think for mine, they look poised to rip off a big batch of winning games over the next couple of months and yeah. look set to put themselves in competition with Milwaukee to really return to the final. So yeah. it looks like we're going to have a race in two for, well, maybe three for MVP with Doncic, Giannis and Tatum. And again, with all the uh, Celtics mafia out there in the media in the US, Tatum's probably a really good bet to maybe yeah. even take home MVP. I think we sort of talked about it, uh, well, I mentioned it a few um, weeks ago that I think Giannis is going to suffer the like media being bored with not giving him the MVP. So it'd be his third MVP if he gets it this year. But he he is still putting up monster numbers. Whereas Tatum is like he's that new, new he's fresh. Like juicy pick. Um there's all these comparisons, like I said, to Kobe. Maybe and he's got a better team around him as well. Like Doncic is is probably Doncic is a better player than Jason Tatum, but Tatum's got this really strong team around him which can get a lot of wins. They might get to 60 wins or something, and that puts Tatum in the box seat. And I think as well, you mentioned James Harden before in relation to Luka Doncic. I think Doncic, in terms of the MVP discussion, might be a little bit hurt with what Westbrook has done over the past five years and Harden has done. These players that have put up massive stat lines and in some cases deserved MVP and some didn't, but they got the award. Mm. Even Jokic last season, who I thought was the MVP, but... We saw when he got swept out in the first round against Golden State that there were certain pockets of the NBA world that were complaining about giving the MVP to someone that's not on a serious contender. Yep. I think Doncic has to really battle against that this year. Yeah. Whereas, like you say with Tatum, they're going to win 55-plus games. He's going to lead the team in scoring. Yeah. He's going to be a guaranteed all-star starter. And again, I'll say it again, there are that many Boston-related people in the NBA media over in the US who, of course, vote for these awards. Yep that you can just hear it from their podcasts and their content. Yeah. I think Jason Tatum's going to be hard to beat. Yeah. Um, okay. Kawhi Leonard, some concerns. Where is Kawhi? Yeah, where is he? It's been like that for, what, how many seasons now? Three years. Three, Since three. he left Toronto and won that championship, he's been That's MIA. right. Yeah, that's true. And he has always been a part. So when he moved the Clippers, they've just been, they've been very good that entire time. If they had him through the entire season, who knows what the Clippers would have done in the last few seasons. Um it does – I don't know. What's the deal with his, his body breaking down? They have to rest him constantly. Yeah. Again, it's hard, right? I point to that 2019 season when I was in Philadelphia and I was able to see him firsthand just yep. beat the Sixers by himself and go to the finals and I was in Toronto for those games. Yeah. And you should have seen him on days off of practices and after the games. He was walking around like a 40-year-old at the time <laughs> that he just didn't look like someone with, that was going to get through that playoff series yep. and that playoff run. And all power to him. That was one of the best postseason runs I've ever mm. seen. And he deservedly won finals MVP and then won the championship. But you had another three years to that, an ACL tear. Yep. And everything he's been battling from a health perspective. And the Clippers must be sitting there going, damn, on one hand, we have this deep team, a team who I think on paper, if Kawhi is healthy for the playoffs, have every right to yeah. think they can win the whole thing. Totally, yep. But... You just can't trust Kawhi Leonard. He is in that bucket of players now like Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons for different reasons. But when it comes to winning games on the court and winning playoff games and hopefully finals games, you just don't know if Kawhi is going to be there, do you? Yeah, yeah. He single-handedly beat the Mavericks in a, in a playoff series. Like, why couldn't he be resting That's in that? That's right. He put up, dude, what he put up, like, 48 points yeah, in, in Game 6 in, in like, Dallas. Yeah, when, like, they were, the, the Clippers were losing that game. And in the fourth quarter, he was like, nah. And just scored like 20 straight, would not miss from the mid-range. It was incredibly frustrating. Ended up being the, the Mavs. Um, I was, you know. I think the good thing with him, though, you watch him play. Even though I remember that game now. It was all just like pick and roll, jumpers yep. from the paint. He's a robot. Foot. He's a robot. 
And if he can get back on the court, he can just, again, what we talk about at the start, just play offense and not worry about defense so much. Yeah. Because his days of being an MVP-level defender, yeah, they're gone. They're not coming back. But if he can just get back out on the court, that 15-foot jumper of his yep. is lethal. And you look at teams now, they're not used to defending players no. with that jump shot because no, no one takes it because it's, quote-unquote, a bad shot. But for Kawhi, it's automatic. that is his automatic bread-and-butter shot. And with Paul George and all those shooters on the team, there is hope. But, yeah, fingers crossed that he can get back out in the court soon. Let's look at some City jerseys. Um, those have been released uh, in the NBA. They're always fun. I, I feel like some teams do it really well. Some teams I'm just like, mate, you've basically just put a fancy font on your original design. Um, some of the highlights for me, um, I'll definitely have a look at these. Look them up um, if you're just listening to this. Um Portland, for me, is a really good one. It's got this very nice blue. Um, someone compared it to a carpet tile design, um, <laughs> this really nice light blue. Uh, Houston's gone sort of a um, bit retro no, um, with, the, one's good. The, with the pinstripe. That's very good. Um, the Golden State Warriors have this very odd – is it a rose at the bottom? It does look like a rose, like doesn't it? It's golden rose that transitions into black. That's sort of odd. Um, any ones that you like? I look, uh, you might uh, think I'm pandering to you here, but I actually like the Dallas outfit. Yeah, very, like that it's very retro. It is. And even the Milwaukee one, the blue, I do like that as well. So there are a couple of better ones, but I'm just looking at this now. It's hard to just identify who's who, isn't it? Like Phoenix looks like they're an OKC team. Yeah, OKC's so look this up. Black. If you're listening to this, look up the Phoenix uh, City jerseys. It literally looks like old school OKC jerseys, that light blue and orange. I don't understand mm. it. I'm just looking in. The New Orleans one is fun as well. That's a Mardi Gras purple. Yep. And if you've ever been to Mardi Gras in New Orleans, that will bring back good memories for you. The one um, that you mentioned there, the Milwaukee colour is a, a light blue. And they used to run the uh, Cream City jersey, uh, which was a cream colour jersey. And they also had part of their home and away kit was this cream um, design as well. So it was this off-white, which is what cream is. I didn't need to explain to you what cream is. <laughs> um, and they aren't... They aren't using that this year, and apparently, uh, what what I well, what I was reading just earlier was that they can't um, use that cream color anymore. It's not allowed. The NBA has said you can't, and the reason is quite odd. I'm going to tell you. Um, so, someone who's sort of linked with the team said um, uh, teams can't wear cream anymore because it interferes with the digital ads that are placed on the court. Um, in broadcast due to the uniforms being so close to the colour of the wood that is keyed out in the process. So a lot of times now, and you don't even really pick it up, but the, the branding on the court with the ads isn't actually on the court. No, no. The NBA's got bills to pay, right? Yeah. So they need to get the ads on the court. And even the fact that we have five different jerseys to look at here for each team this year. Yes. Reinforces. You've got to pay those bills, don't you? Yeah, that's right. So if they um, – and sometimes you do notice it if a player goes past an ad, sometimes the ad sort of just overlays on top of the body and you're like, hang on, it's not a well, sticker. Well, the strangest thing, if anyone ever goes to an NBA game in the States, behind the scorer's table in the middle of the court, mm. when you're watching on TV, you've obviously got ads that pop through and rotate yes. and all of that. At the games, it's just a green screen. Mm. So when you're sitting there watching the games, it's just this green screen behind yeah. the players. I remember the first time I stepped foot in an NBA arena. Yeah. My simple brain going, what is going on here? Like, where are the <laughs> ads? Why aren't they selling ads? But yeah, I remember speaking to someone at the NBA and they ran me through how it all works and yep. it seems so simple now, but it's so, it's just great that uh, 
I sound like an old man. Technology, how cool. Yeah, that's right. And they can obviously, like uh, in Australia, um, uh, I'm not sure if the NBA do this, but I know other sports do this. They can basically, if they broadcast to Australia, they can make the ads relevant for that. Well, it's just better, yeah. isn't it? Like you look at the NBL and how many injuries there have been with players slipping oh out on the sponsorship load and decals. Two or three seasons ago, there was like every game someone yeah. was slipping on the decals. I remember Andrew Bogart was speaking out about it, and it's so true that the NBL core, it looks like a promotional billboard. Yeah. And I get the reasons why you're trying to make money and get sponsors and all of that. But yeah, surely the NBL can look into some technology and mimic what the NBA does because you don't want your players slipping over there. I think we can agree on banning cream jerseys. We'll sacrifice that. Yes. But we don't need players tearing the ACLs just for some exactly. revenue generating do it. I have this like vivid, and it's not fair on Latrobe, but I just have this memory of like NBL players slipping on the Latrobe <laughs> um, logo constantly because that was in like the circle in the centre court. Um, all right, NBL, let's go through some NBL stuff. So Isaac Humphreys uh, played, uh, he did play at the Atlanta Hawks and now plays for Melbourne United, has revealed that he's gay, um, which is the first time in professional basketball that a player has come out. So a really awesome video was released uh, by the Melbourne United today and it had Isaac speaking to the team and it was just such a, a good moment for him and for, this, for the team. Yeah, it was. I don't really think there's much we can add to that is there. That's no. obviously amazing that he's been able to get to a place in his life where he's confident and brave enough to come out and yeah. share that this morning. And again, I think my little hope is that this becomes normalised, that when yep. this keeps happening and people across any sport or any walk of life decide to reveal what their preferences are, yep. that it's not newsworthy at all because yeah. it really shouldn't be. But it is, and massive courage and massive congratulations to Isaac as well, I think, for coming out. And we know how this cycle works, right? The next couple of days, everyone that's interested is rightfully going to congratulate him. Yep. Then over the coming months, there are going to be people that pop up on social media and say their nonsense and really try to attack him. Mm. But good on him for coming out. And yeah. hopefully he's a trailblazer because the fact that the numbers are what they are across AFL, NRL, cricket, all sport in Australia on the men's side, and you compare that to what is happening on the female side... Yeah, there is clearly some issues still with men's sporting culture in Australia, and hopefully the announcement from Humphreys this morning is the first in what's hopefully going to be a changing landscape. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to just find. Um, there was an article I just saw earlier, um, and it was a player saying, um, "Yeah, so awesome, and I can't wait for the day that this isn't a big thing that yeah. that stops. That that's, and you know, it's still it's great to congratulate people and um, and back someone in when when they sort of come out and are brave and and do that sort of thing." But it would, yeah, at the same time, it's nice to go like, yep, cool, that's like, that's normal now. Like, we can accept that and not be, have to make it a big um, situation. But at the same time, it is it is great. And like what he said, um, he doesn't want other people to have to feel like they can't be who they are. So no. it is also great to celebrate those people as well. Yeah, it's amazing as well. And again, like <laughs> in ways that I definitely can't understand, I'm sure Isaac's going to be a massive role model and totally. someone that a lot of people around not just Australia, but I saw this morning that you had Wodronowski from ESPN tweeting out the video. You had Malika yep, exactly. Andrews from ESPN tweeting out the video. Yep. So this announcement and Isaac's courage has gone global and who yep. knows how much of an impact that's going to have. It's probably impossible to state right now. And like you said, let's just hope we get to the day soon where this yep. is a normal event and we don't have to be having these discussions anymore. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the too small um, celebration or sort of taunt um, that happens a lot. Like, it feels like that's the new big thing that the NBA players are doing. Um, Russell Westbrook's obviously got the rock the baby. Uh, Steph Curry has the, like, sleepy time sort of thing. But the too small, I love it. 
See, really, I think it's lame and corny. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I like Steph. It's maybe because Steph is, I don't know, he's perceived as a bit of an old man. Yeah. And he's won so much. I actually like his putting to sleep sign. Yeah. I think Russell's rocked the baby that. Why? Like, you <laughs> haven't so won good. seriously in four years. But you're right, the two small thing, it's running rampant. It was Jason Tatum yep. that was doing it most recently over the weekend. And it's funny, isn't it, how these NBA players just watch each other and they just latch onto these celebrations. But I'm interested, why do you enjoy it so much? <laughs> I don't know. It's petty. <laughs> and I just love that. I love that it's petty. Um, I think it was Jose um, Alvarado that, that did it to um, Ja Morant today and then he did it I'm back sorry, to him because like, he got lack of... Why is Alvarado doing this to Ja Morant? <laughs> like, know your place. I think I think, um, I think Morant did it to him first, sorry, and then he like got him back with a three-point play. Um, and obviously, Jose Alvarado is the little... Uh, pest that yes. hides in the corner of the basketball court that will like almost blend into the crowd and wait for the ball to be inbounded and then steal it. So I was having this conversation with someone a couple of weeks ago. Doesn't really know basketball that well, but we were watching a Pelicans game. And he's yeah. like, this guy is like a bit annoying and good to have on your team. <laughs> yeah. I remember describing him as like the Hayden Ballantyne of <laughs> yeah. the NBA. You yes. just want those guys on your team. And we saw it in the playoffs last year, pestering Chris Paul and doing a very good job. But yeah, Jose, I don't know if you ever earned the right to bring out the big time celebrations just yet. <laughs> uh, so good. Um, what, let's, let's talk about some Wildcats. Uh, we are in Perth and shouts to uh, Kayla Steindl, who's up on our wall today. If you're having a watch on YouTube, that's the uh, Lynx jersey there, number 12. Just don't ask any questions how that uh, jersey was acquired. Yeah, no, no, I, discount. I, I, no, no I didn't steal it, um, but, you know, it, it had the wrong... Anyways, we don't need to go into that. It does sit alongside uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Because it doesn't have a number on it, but it would be our goat father over there, Dirk Nowitzki. I didn't bring the basketball card over. We are back on the back chat set. I know that I said we'll, we'll go back to the other one before, but, um, you know, time got away from us. Today we're at a press conference with UFC fighters. That mm. took up some time, um, but I didn't bring the basketball card over. So sorry, Dirk. Um, the Wildcats have a chance to get another win after a bit of a break uh, because of the FIBA rake. Do you know what happened in Kazakhstan? Didn't really even follow it. The boomers won by a lot. Right. We need to text Jacob, though, and see what the, the lowdown was from the Kazakhstan nightlife. That's right, yes. We will do that. We'll get that for next week <laughs> with Greg. Um, yes, Wildcats can get back on the... Well, not back on the winning board, but get another win after a bit of a slump against the Phoenix tomorrow, Thursday night game. Interesting. Oh, I enjoy it because I live in Leadable, but I could imagine that if you lived in the outer suburbs, wouldn't be so much fun. Yep. But yeah, big week for the Wildcats. I've got the Phoenix tomorrow and the 36ers next week, mm-hmm. both at home. This is a bit of a chance for them to get back above 500, win a couple of games at home against teams that are good but not great. So yep. interesting to see what it looks like tomorrow. The Phoenix obviously have Alan Williams inside, who is a big big man. Yep. Rebounds, plays inside, can score inside, which is, like as we know, one of the Wildcats' weaknesses and something they haven't done well since Danny Mills took over 18 months ago. So... That's probably the most obvious thing to watch for tomorrow, but it's a good opportunity, as I say, for the Wildcats to get home, get back to 500, and if they want to be making the top four, I think they need to be winning these games at home. Yeah. Well, I think it's the top six now, right? It is the top six. The fourth and... Was it fifth and sixth make that play-in Play-in tournament, tournament um, just to get more games out of more it. More games, more money. There is... Um, I think Thursday, Thursday night game, you're, 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 you're cool with it. I, I reckon the Wildcats as an organisation, would be a little filthy because it does hurt their ticket sales, that's for sure. I noticed in all throughout, I think maybe November and December, they've got a pretty rough schedule in terms of Thursday night games. Um, so I'd, I'd be interesting to see how their 
um, how many people go along to them because if you know kids like it's a massive event for kids so parents can take their kids along but the, the school the next day I mean I'm a parent I'm, uh, I'm just laughing I'm not a parent so it's all good yeah <laughs> like I, I'm not a, I don't like our kids are so young anyway that's not like I'm worried about school but when they get to like seven eight nine like kids can get really ratty when they're tired and then they've got school so it's a very interesting discussion isn't it I think we saw with COVID obviously there weren't fans in the stands all these sports moved towards being TV products yeah and tomorrow night it's perfect for the NBL because they've got two games on TV from seven o'clock in the eastern states and it's just non-stop basketball to midnight mm. so on TV it sells but you're right that it's obviously going to impact crowd numbers not so good for the Wildcats but it's yes. one of those greater good discussions isn't it yeah, that that's the right. Wildcats fans can take a cut and yep. there'll be less players there less fans there sorry but there's basketball on TV on a Thursday night which is a good thing and maybe they won't get rid of as many chalky milks. I noticed, um, did you see that last? <laughs> so last week when I went to the Wildcats game or two weeks ago, whenever it was, everyone was encouraged to get, you know, take their home, their small chalk milk. Um, like, were they giving them away? Like giving them away, yeah. So you, you literally, I walked out, we walked out with about two minutes to go because Wildcats had lost and, you know, I'm a fickle fan and I wanted to go get dinner. So we left and um, some guy was like, hey, don't forget your chalk milks. And there's just crates and crates of little small chalk milks. Did you collect many? No, no, I, can't, I don't really like chocolate milk. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is just taking me back to when I was a kid. I remember we had Eagles membership since I was a teenager, luckily. Yeah. And there was this one game, would have been in high school, so 14, 15, and they were doing the same thing. Yeah. And they were giving these little chocolate milks out after the game. But this was one of the rare times where Dad drove to the football, and it was great. Uh, we came home with about 20 so chocolate milks good. each. We had our little bags that we took to the football. Yeah. We cleaned up. It was one of the greatest days of the football ever. I just don't know why they get, like, it's not like people don't know what chocolate milk tastes like. And they're going to be like, oh, this product's delicious. I'm going to go buy some. Everyone knows what they're getting. Like, it feels like they're just giving away free money. Yeah, you probably should check the date on the cart, shouldn't you, and check <laughs> yeah. it's not expired. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, let's hope Greg is back next week. We've got some questions. Keep sending them in, please. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au or you can send them in to backchat underscore basketball Instagram because we do see the questions and the, the few that we did have for this week were for Greg. Um, some good stuff about sledging. Mm. Um, uh, you know, I obviously sledge a bit on the basketball court. I haven't played for a while. So what was your go-to sledge? It depend on the person, but um, what it would usually ha- what would usually happen is I would talk about the person to my team. That's I love that. That's yeah. my go-to as well. Yeah. So I would I would talk really loudly in front of the person about him to my team, and then if someone would say something back to me, I'd be like, "Sure, I'm talking to my team." Man, that is just elite. I love it. I used to play <laughs> soccer growing up more than yep. anything else. Wasn't that good at basketball? Decent at soccer. Yep. It was the go-to. We were playing soccer and there was always one player that thought he was better than he was. Mm. And you just say, this number seven, can't shoot, don't guard him, leave him alone. Yep. And poor number seven would look around and go, what are you talking about me for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 mental it's mental chess, really. I, I do remember one I'm not proud of. Um, this guy was getting very heated towards some of my teammates. I think he elbowed someone in the back. Um, he was getting a bit lippy and, um, I said to my teammate who was like going back at him, I was like, just ignore him. He's just angry. He's get he's balding. <laughs> um, and just said it right in front of him and he was pissed about that. That's um, good. Someone whose hair's escaping them very quickly. <laughs> I can uh, confirm that would not be good to hear. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that now. I was just a, you know, ratty. Anything, go, <laughs> anything goes when you're playing amateur sport, whether it's Loftus or yeah. I was a junior lap warrior back in the day, so uh, at yeah. Arena. Yeah. 
anything went. And the older the play, the thing that I used to enjoy the most was having the weekend warriors, the forty year olds. Oh yeah, that took this sport like it was an Olympic level competition That's on a right. Tuesday night. And you're like, bro, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, they're but, just angry. They work really hard, and they're not appreciated. Their wives don't love them. Like that's the sort of things <laughs> you'd, you'd say. But it's very mean, and I'm not that sort of person. I don't, you know, I haven't played. Um, competitive sport in a while so it'd it'd be awful if I did now I'd have all this pent up sledging that I'd needed to get out or me you and Greg could start up a three team basketball side and we could just be the most hated team in Perth yeah that's right we could start a three way three team and Greg's like a medalist in in that sport we can just set screens and throw elbows and Greg can do the work yeah yeah, I mean I'll dunk it if I have to but probably don't want to (laughs) Uh, All right, let's let's, uh, chat again next week like I said backchat underscore basketball on Instagram hello at backchatpodcast.com.au we also have a link tree that's nice. a thing. Yeah, you developed that. It looks good. Yeah, it I'd looks good. If you're just unsure about what we're doing, just go to that. It's got everything on there. Find us on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple. If you only listen on Spotify and you, and you don't use Apple Podcasts, just go to Apple Podcasts and Download, rate us anyway and like play it. Just gives us extra little boost. Do that numbers. for your mother, your father, your exactly. brother. Exactly, your, your Uber cousin. driver. That's I used to do that when we first started Backchat and I'd get in an Uber. I would say, oh, have you heard um, the Backchat podcast? Of course, I'd say no. And I'll be, oh, look it up now, like as we as we pull up, and then they'd get their phone out. I go, just hit subscribe. Cool, thanks. Like we probably got ideas 50- now. I've got a corporate Uber account for work. I might just get Ubers all day for ten <laughs> yeah. hours one day. We'll yeah. get a hundred subs in no time. Yes, please. That'd be great. <laughs> all right, chat to you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. That episode from Backchat Studios lives on the ACAST Creator Network. If you want to sign up as a patron or access all of our merch, head to backchatpodcast.com.au.